This episode is brought to you by the Young Farmer Business Program, an initiative of the New South Wales Department of Primary Industries. To help you get the skills you need for the office, not the paddock, visit youngfarmer.nsw.gov.au. Well, welcome to a very special FFN podcast episode. Uh, this month, I've got someone I've been trying to nail down for a few months and, and grab a bit of time from. Um, with an amazing story of growing up in Mutterborough, Queensland, a stint in Northern Territory, a tree change which saw him get further interested and invested into tech um, and then to starting out in uh, co-founding and becoming the CEO of an online platform called Wonder. Rupert Ballinger, welcome to the FFN Mentor of the Month podcast. Hey, Tommy, thanks for having me, mate. Great to be here. No, very good. Sorry to drag you out of bed nice and early. I, I know you like to sleep until sort of nine, ten-ish most days, but uh, that's all right. You're, you're in uh, you're yeah. in Bay this morning. How's it looking? Yeah, mate, that was the main reason I left uh, agriculture was so I could sleep in. So, um, mate, <laughs> had to get up early this morning, up before nine. But, um, mate, Rose Bay is good. The, um, the lattes are, are brewing and the sun's shining and the people are honking their horn at each other. Yeah, I just yeah, it's it's good to know that you know just walking around, cutting around the streets of Sydney, you, you're getting that real that real feel of the grind. Um, so that's good. But mate, we'll we'll jump straight into it because uh, you know your time's very valuable, much so more than mine. But um, can you just really briefly give us a bit of a background about yourself, where you grew up, um, a bit of your history, and and how you and how you've landed into into Rose Bay? Yeah, for sure. So. Um... Um, yeah, basically, I grew up on a sheep and cattle property northwest of, uh, um, sorry, northeast of a small town called Manabara, which is 1,400 kilometres northwest of Brisbane, north of another town called Longreach, which more people probably may know of. Um, yeah, so I grew up there with my two older sisters and mother and father, and um, yeah, we, uh, we did primary school there, um, did School of the Air on the VHF radio. Um, for anyone unfamiliar with that, a VHF radio is the radios they use in 747 jets. Um, very old and um, interesting pieces of technology. Um, so, yeah, mate, grew up there. And um, um, unfortunately, my, uh, my old man um, had a heart attack when I was 12 and he passed away. And then... Um, about uh, three or four weeks later, I um, went off to boarding school in Brisbane. So I did my high school in Brisbane. Um, and um, yeah, mate, so uh, I had a very interesting upbringing childhood out in Western Queensland. Had, a, had an absolute ball, loved it. A lot of very fond memories um, growing up out there in the 90s. This was all pre-mobile phones and computers and all that jazz. So it seems like a, a lifetime ago, but um, yeah, great community out there. And um, I still got a lot of very old friends from, from growing up. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, went away to boarding school and, and um, had a ball really. Um, bit of a new beginning for me after my old man passed away. I was very close with him. Um, so went away to school and, and um, you know, ended up being with a heap of mates and young blokes wanting to kick the footy and all that jazz. Growing up with two older sisters, I never had anyone to kick the footy with or whatever. So, um, yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it was unreal. 
So um, did that, finished up in Brizzy and then um, had a year back at home uh, doing the, um, the Jackaroo and Gapia back in Western Queensland. Um, played rugby for the, um, for the Longwich Rustlers, uh, which is a uh, top 14 team out, out in the professional comp in Western Queensland. Um, uh, yeah, so that was great. And then moved back to Brizzy for a couple of years. And um, yeah, just um, basically um, had, a, had a bit of a fun time in Brizzy. Um, I was labouring for a builder, working away, um, trying to keep up with all my mates that were at uni and um, having a good time. Met a lot of people in Brisbane in those couple of years. And, um, and then I, after that, I, um, I decided to head up to the uh, Territory and the Kimberley and, and work on a cattle station, um, something I always wanted to do and, and obviously had a lot of other mates and cousins who had done it. And my, my father had actually worked up there when he was young too. So um, I'd grown up hearing all of his stories. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was something I was really keen on experiencing. And I wanted to experience the adventure. Um, it's, it's a beautiful, amazing place, Northern Australia. And, um, and the Kimberley is certainly a very special place as well. I, um, I worked on Carlton Hill Station, which was owned by CPC back then. And, um, yeah, just out of Kununurra and a uh, very cool place, um, you know, 2 million acres, 250 kilometres of coastline as the northern boundary. Um, I think it's 40 kilometres of the Ord River. Um, heaps of cattle, heaps of crocodiles. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great fun. Had a ball. Um, so I had a year up there and then I did a year contract mustering around the Northern Territory working on on various different stations. I think I worked on about nine or 10 stations that year in 2011. Um, so I got to see a lot of North Australia and the Northern Territory in particular um, and met some great people and some real characters. So um, yeah, glad I got that, um, that out of the system. Um, and that was really fun. And then um, by the end of that, I was sort of ready to to study again and I was really ready to learn and um, uh, you know probably get out of the heat and back into an air-conditioned room so I, uh, I went enrolled myself into uni university and went down to the um, well-known College of Knowledge in Geelong and um, studied agribusiness at Marcus Oldham um, so I actually managed to get a couple of my good mates to come down with me which was good fun um, and uh, yeah, we um, we had a ball. One of my mates was uh, was a pilot up in the Kimberley um, when I was up there, so uh, I managed to convince him to come down. And um, yeah, we uh, we had a great year um, being in Victoria. Nice nice climate change, nice and cool. Um, less days in the hot sun, less days branding calves and lifting cattle, cattle yard panels around loading trucks and um yeah so it was good to um to sink my teeth into a bit of bit of study and get back into the learning learning mode um yeah i had a great time down there and, and i think that's where my i sort of switched on and, and started to sort of see what was available in the whole business world and the whole corporate world and 
and that's where I really started to discover the world of technology and software. And, and uh, I really had no idea before that. And, um, and you know, this, this is when sort of iPhones were, you know, taking off and, um, uh, you know, social media was, was exploding and, and e-commerce was, was exploding. And it was just a really sort of interesting time, I guess. And, um, and ironically, while I was there, Marcus, that's uh, studying agribusiness. That's when I realised I didn't want to be in agriculture or, or um, you know, the rural industry. I wanted to get into something else. And I, I think I discovered what else was possible and what else was out there. So, um, yeah, mate, that was a, uh, another interesting year. I sort of was used to do things in 12-month slots. So, you know, do a 12-month stint up north and then, did 12 months at uni that was my sort of max period <laughs> um so yeah just did the crash course down there the um the diploma and um got a job in sydney um um working um as a market analyst for a um a, a big meat and livestock company um and that was probably a bit of a poor choice for me because I, I wasn't a, an analyst so uh, that's when i sort of uh, hit the reset button, um, spent a little bit bit of time back in Queensland and realised that I needed to be in, in sales or something where I was around people. So I, um, I actually, I'd done this little course with this, um, this sort of entrepreneurial business lady in Sydney um, a while back um, and I ended up sending her an email and asking her for a job. So I got a job with her. Um, she was sort of helping mum and dad's uh, investors buy property and do developments and whatnot. And she was sort of getting into the whole rural property sector. And I thought I could maybe, you know, get involved with that and help her out. So I did that for a bit. Um, and um, yeah, anyway, for whatever reason, that side of her business never really got going and she, um, she sort of scrapped it. So I, um, I was sort of at a loose end again. So I, um, I, uh, I, wanted to I thought realized I had to sink my teeth into some a sales gig and um, get something where I was just on the phone you know um, so um, uh, ended up doing a, a, sh a short stint um, selling some online courses over the phone with a bloke from WA uh, mm. who's actually become one of my really good mates and he's actually an investor in wonder but um, did that for a, a little bit. And then that set me up for a job with the CEO magazine. I ended up landing a sales job with the CEO magazine, selling advertising. So I did that for about um, oh, sort of three years, I think, in the end. And um, that was fantastic. That was sort of where I really started to enjoy living in Sydney. And I started to enjoy the work and being on the phone and talking to people. And um, I ended up doing the off-the-record chats with CEOs before they would go to the journal. So I'd do sort of like a, a half an hour chat with a CEO and then, um, and yeah, a bit of a prep. Yeah, just sort of prep them up and get a bit of info and get them primed to talk to the journal. And um, I absolutely loved it. I'd, usually it would go for about an hour and a half because, you know, I, I was fascinated with them and I was asking all these questions and, um, you know, I was talking to ASX listed company CEOs and, um, you know, guys that were running big super funds and, you know, probably one of my most memorable interviews was when I spoke to uh, Steve Tu, the CEO of New Zealand Rugby, 
that was um, that was pretty fascinating. I'm obviously a big fan of rugby union and hearing how they created their culture in New Zealand rugby and 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 obviously the All Blacks and what their what their vision is for the future was um, was fascinating. Um, that was definitely one of the yeah yeah it would have been amazing like there's there's a, you know there's a plethora of books about the culture that uh, New Zealand rugby has, has, has created around themselves in, in just from a business sense and then uh, to make that you know to make that team and the wider team keep functioning yeah yeah, yeah absolutely no I, I since since interviewing him I read the book The Legacy mm-hmm. about the All Blacks and yeah one of my favorite books it's fantastic um, yeah they really really take a very professional approach and they, they treat it like a like a company basically which is um which is pretty interesting and um yeah we could we can all learn from those guys um a great culture that they've created and their attitude and how they approach life and the game is is awesome um uh so yeah it, um sold sold advertising and sponsorship in ceo magazine for about three and a half years and by the end i was sort of just operating in the city cruising around, um, meeting with marketing managers, selling, trying to sell sponsorship for their awards. And uh, they had this big awards night and selling packages and whatnot. And um, yeah, it was, it was really, uh, really interesting gig. So I did that. And then while I was there, I was obviously sort of had my eye on, on the tech space and, and the software game. And I, you know, I kept reading articles on, um, you know, these, these, tech companies and how interesting they were and what they were doing. And I was really keen to start my own um, thing. Mm. And um, I was trying to work out what to do. And I realized that, you know, I was really interested in the education space. I've always been interested in education and, and learning, whether that's, you know, in a job or, or just learning from your grandparents or, or your mates or whatever. And so I sort of started joining the dots and, you know, tech, um, education, and then um, I was I was listening to a lot of the a lot of podcasts and guys in America and and um, yeah they're all talking about mentoring and how important mentors are and get a mentor and, and you know I I believed in the concept and um, yeah I sort of just sort of it, it struck me and I was like yeah this is a it, it, this actually is a really important. Um, important thing you know you do need mentors and we all need mentors and it's a great way to learn and transfer knowledge and it's been happening for you know uh, it's been happening for thousands of years really and um whether it's around a campfire or um you know in a village or in a small community you know in a stock camp or or whatever but um so yeah i i um i started uh really honing in on the whole mentor stuff and um, you know, a, another big part of what I, why I was interested in it was because if I looked at myself, I, um, you know, after my dad died, he, my dad was really my, one of my, you know, first and real mentors in life. And I spent a lot of time with him on our farm and, you know, driving around, you know, on the farm, looking at sheep and cattle and doing whatever we had to do and talking mm. to him and flying in his plane and, and, and just sitting down and watching him talk to other farmers and other contractors and, you know, sitting around the smoko table, listening to him talk to dozer drivers and, you know, um, mustering contractors and 
and, bank and that, managers and real estate agents. And then that was something um, I was interested in, in, in finding out from you. When, you know, at, at a young age, you, you were 12 when, when your father passed away, right? Yep. And you're such a young age when you're, you're learning all your, your value, values and your, uh, principles and how, and how you're going about your life. Did, did you feel, and then going straight off to boarding school, did you feel you sort of looked for that, that guidance elsewhere or did you sort of um, step back a little bit? Did, did people step into that space for you personally um, or without knowing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Like as, what, as soon as my dad died, I was, I was straight away looking for other mentors and role models. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, I'm very fortunate and grateful that I got given the opportunity to go to uh, go away to high school in Brisbane and, you know, go to a, a really great school that gave me um, access to good people and, and, a, and a good education and um, good values, etc. So yeah, I was, I had, you know, I looked at my rugby coaches and, my house masters and boarding masters and, and teachers as mentors. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I, I was, I was always looking, looking out for it. Um, so definitely played a big role. Um, Before we jump into wonder itself, which, which I'm eager to chat about prior to that, had you had any um, mentoring in a, in a formal capacity or do you think it had just been very informal? Um, yeah. What did it look like for you prior, prior to um, starting, starting the business? Yeah. I'd, I'd never really um, had any formal mentoring um, um, or coaching or anything other than like, you know, sport coaching, but, mm. and, and, and I, I don't actually sort of think of mentoring as formal or informal and, and you know, we can, dig deeper into that as we start talking about wonder but uh no to answer your question yeah okay okay yeah so can, yeah give, give us the um t- can you yeah, tell the listeners about about wonder yeah so um um basically um to to follow on from from my sort of journey life journey i um i wanted to start my own own business and i um you know a big reason basically the main reason why if i boil it down the major reason why I started wonder is because um, you know I lost my father and, and mentor when I was 12 unfortunately he'd suffered from a lot of mental health difficulties um, he went to hospital probably about three months before he died in October 2000 and um, you know that was very confusing for me as a 12 year old and um, I went and stayed with my uncle and aunt and you know mum went away with him and went to hospital in Rockhampton I think and yeah, it was just, it was hard to navigate and um, I didn't really know what to make of it. And um, no one back then, this is bloody 21 years ago, mm. no one was talking about mental health or depression or especially in the farming community and especially with males. So, mm. and we all know how how um, unfortunate the statistics are on, on males and mental health in, in farming. So, um, yeah, it was it was a very weird time and, and he came back from hospital, he'd lost a lot of weight and, um, you know, um, he was quite unhealthy physically overweight and whatnot, but um, yeah, I didn't know what was going on. I couldn't understand why he was, he was like that. And I just wanted him to get better. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately on, um, on boxing day, actually boxing day morning, mm. uh, we had Christmas dinner together, all of us and, and boxing day morning, for some reason, mum got up, myself and my sisters to go out mustering and we we're out mustering sheep. I don't know why on boxing day morning, but anyway, um, we uh, were out there and then my sister called up and said something's happened to dad and we got back and um, he was dead. So he'd, um, you know, he ended up having a heart attack 
um, and he died in his sleep. Um, and, you know, his, his physical health let him down, but I have no doubt that it was totally all attached to his, his mental condition and his, his mental health because, you know, you, your mind and your brain is your software and your computer for your, for your body, just like a car or something. So, um, yeah, that was uh, very confusing and, and um, not a very good experience for me. And, and that made me think that I needed, I wanted to build something that is a solution to helping people. And I want to give people access to good mentors and role models um, who don't necessarily have that opportunity. And I want to do it at scale. So I, um, yeah, you know, a couple of years ago, I went out on my own and developed, started building Wonder, which is uh, an online mentoring platform that connects um, uh, to start with, we were connecting school and university graduates with mentors, but it's sort of started to evolve now into other areas. Um, and so, yeah, basically uh, connecting someone with a mentor, whether they're young or old. Um, and I wanted it to be online. So I wanted it to be on your phone. So I've, I've developed uh, an app, an iOS and an Android app. Um, and yeah, so, um, the, the actual business has evolved a fair bit. So now we're, um, you know, uh, working with non-for-profits, um, and it's also the concepts sort of evolved into connecting, uh, existing communities mm -hmm. and also connecting alumni communities. So, you know, I sort of come to believe that. Um, we have a lot of great mentors around us already, very close to us, whether that's in our school community, our university community, yeah. or, you know, farming community or whatever. And, um, and they're the actually, they're really good mentors that we should tap into because we have a lot in common. You know, if you've got, if you've played rugby with someone or in the same club, or if you've gone to the same university as someone, or you've gone to the same school as someone, they're actually, um, they can put, bring a lot to the table and they're more than willing to because you've got that, that familiarity and that, and that thing in common, you know, you've, you've all been involved. You've had the same experience. It's like a shared experience. And it breaks, so, down, um, yeah, we're, it breaks down that, that, that sort of barrier almost. It, it breaks the ice. You're like, oh, well, I, I met you at this or you would have had this uh, as you use that same experience. Or you would have um, <clears throat> dealt with this person at school or you would have played football or netball or AFL or whatever it is with the, this person. And that, and that just immediately starts to build that relationship, doesn't it? Like using that, that network. Absolutely. No, you're dead right, Tommy. It's, um, it bring, breaks down the barriers and, um, you know, brings down the walls and, and allows people to be sort of open and, and um, you know, there's an immediate trust level because you, you, you're from the same tribe or you're from the same community. You know, you've, mm. you've, uh, you've shared some blood, sweat and tears together. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's how one has evolved. Now we've got um, we've got five um, clients on board. Now um, we're um, we're working with a couple of schools in Brisbane, um, connecting their alumni communities, um, which works really well because there's older guys and girls that you know are out in the workforce and, and they're running companies and they're in the corporate world and they're working as professionals or they might be uh, yeah running their own small business and they're more than willing to help. Um, someone younger that went to their school or, or uni and um, it's really great to see it's, I'm blown away by how many people are just willing to put their head up and help and you know it's, it's a two-way street it's not one way you know the, a lot of the time the mentor actually gets just as much if not more
from the experience of helping someone else out or, you know, mentoring someone. So yeah, I, um, I was going to say like that, that um, a lot of people, and I, and I guess young people looking at it go, oh, well, that's just, just people giving up their time, which it, like, like uh, established someone established in the, in the workplace or, or whatever it looks like giving up their time. But it's actually not because I know, well, I just know back from my, my days at auctions plus looking for good young people, good young like talent with their head switched on and stuff is hard. So if you've got these these young people reaching out to you, you, you never know where it's going to land you and, and that sort of thing and, and what the, the mentor and the mentee can, can get out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. No, there's there's so much that can, can come out of it. And that's why um, I sort of um, don't want to make it too formal or complex. I'm trying mm. to simplify the process. And that's why I've, I've built a platform and I've built an app and, and, and we're right into software because we're trying to be a facilitator that just gives people access to mentors and then facilitates that experience and makes it as easy as possible and, and seamless as possible. So it's sort of like the push of a button. Um, so I think the mentoring experience can can take many forms and it doesn't have to be um, anything too formal. And, and um, just just having someone in your corner is just makes a huge difference, I believe, yes. to your life. You know, just having someone that's just there to listen to you and, and they're, they're, they're going to back you, you know, and they're going to sort of, say well you know this is what i think I, I suggest and this is what i did in my life or early career and i probably would have liked to have done this or that and you know have you looked at doing this and um you know it's just it's amazing where one conversation can lead to you know i think um you can almost get some, uh, you know a meaningful conversation can open so many doors and it can be just as powerful as reading a book or you know doing a short course or something. I, um, I, I think it's hugely underrated having, um, having conversations with people yep. um, in a sort of with a, with a intention of mentoring. And obviously, you know, um, there's, there's so much, like you say, there's so much that comes from it. There's the opportunity to get a job or an internship or even just, um, you know, be introduced to someone else. You know, that's, that's always what's, what happens. I see that all the time with our mentoring relationships that we set up now is, is that um, guys don't necessarily get a gig from, you know, old mate that he goes and has a coffee with, but old mate, you know, whatever his name is, Tommy puts him on to, to, to someone else and to, uh, snowballs, to, you know, his, his mate and it, and it all snowballs. Yeah. It's a sort of a domino effect. Then. I guess to sort of just sliding uh, doors. Yeah. It, 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 you, you look at it and <clears throat> obviously FFN, being agricultural focused, the, the ag industry is so small that you've only got to make two or three connections here and it just widens your potential reach and, and that sort of thing, um, you know, tenfold. It, it's amazing. Um, yep. But I guess to sort of, you know, just to change the conversation slightly, um, because we're, a lot of our listeners are, are young, they're finishing university, they're finishing high school, they're sort of, you know, their first two or three years um in a job and, and something I picked up from, from you, you know, you were um, working in Brisbane, but you were sort of not, I don't know if you either weren't happy there or you, you, you have sort of changed your career several times. Um, and I guess a lot of people feel pressure like, Oh, I'm, I'm 24. I've got it right. I don't have a job now. What am I doing now? Like that, that, that pressure to be, to, to follow that path. And I guess you've very much gone, well, no, I'm going to go, uh, go up North or right. I'm going to go to university or I'm just going to, I'm in agriculture. I'm going to get out of agriculture. What, um, how, how did that sort of, you know, how did you get to that sort of point where you're comfortable saying, "Well, I'm, I'm going to my next twelve month stint looks like this, and I'm going to make it make a change." 
Yeah, yeah, I, it's uh, it's a pretty funny one, isn't it? And um, a lot of my close friends and family members think it's a pretty pretty funny. Came, it started to become a bit of a joke. Um, yeah, you know, I've I've changed careers three or four times, four or five times in my twenties. You know, from being in the white collar to to back to rural to back to white collar to, you know, in Brisbane to Sydney. Um, so yeah, you know, look, it's it was an interesting twenties. For me, um, I don't necessarily say that's what you know. Everyone has to do. I admire people that know exactly what they want to do after they leave school, or you know, after they leave uni, they 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 know what they're studying and they know what job they want to do and what industry to go in. So that's awesome. If you do know that, then just keep going. But yeah, there's a lot of people I think that don't know what they want to do after school and and um, after uni even, and and that's just so normal. Like. I, it took me so long to work out um, what I wanted that I wanted to start my own business and I wanted to start a mentoring platform. You know, like it, it took forever. I was, I was, you know, 20, 29 or something, you know, or 30. So, um, yeah, gee, it, it's a process. Um, but now that I look back in hindsight, I reckon it's a process that's bloody worth, worth doing because yeah. it's, it's, it can be painful and, you know, it's confusing. It's confusing for others. Um, especially when you've got to answer, you know, everyone's questions when people are like, you know, what are you up to? What are you up to? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, where are you, where are you studying? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to uni. Oh, you're not going to uni? What did you defer? Oh, no, I didn't even, I, I just cancel it. You know, I, hmm. I think I, I, you know, got accepted into UQ or something and I did quite well at school academically and, but I just, I didn't want to study. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I, I wasn't going to go to uni just for the sake of going to uni or getting a piece of paper. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with people when they say, oh, you just need to go to uni because then you get your piece of paper and it's something you can always fall back on. Mm. I think that's a bit of bit of BS, to be honest. Like falling back on something is is a false existence. It's sort of like having a plan B, you know. I, I'm sort of not sure about that either. You know, it's um, I, uh, I'm, I'm more interested in, in people getting to the bottom of what really lights them on fire and, you know, what what gets them going and gets them up in the morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, th- I think finding your interest. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's hard work. Yeah. So um, yeah, it took me a while, but I got, got there in the end. And um, uh, you know, obviously I was lucky, fortunate that I had the ability to always get a job pretty quickly. That was lucky. Um, that's not always the case, but um, yeah, I think I, I encourage people coming out of school to, um, to really, you know, test the waters and have a bit of a look around. And that's why it's great to experience a few different things when you're young, because you can while you're young and you don't have dependence or, or mm. big commitments. Um, so, you know, some people go overseas and whatnot, which I think is fantastic. And or some people go up north or, you know, have a crack at a few different things. But I think it's just a society thing, you know, Tommy, like we're, we're so conditioned to, um, to think that we need to live a certain way or do, do certain things and, you know, with all due respect to agriculture, which I'm very fond of and it's it's close to my heart, it is a very traditional um, industry and, and there's a lot of, you know, conditioning and, you know, um, it's, you know, it's very hereditary and it's been handed down through families. So it's, it can be, it can, it's a bit of a double-edged sword, you know, one, on one hand, it's great that there's so much tradition and, and family um, tradition However, that can be some that can pose some difficulties in young people, you know, 
testing themselves and, and having a bit of a look around at other things and, and sort of experimenting, if you like. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there can be some big um, societal pressures on, on having to do something that they think other people, um, you know, want them to do. I, uh, I you know, I, I, um, I read this thing about, um, I didn't even read the book, but I read the, um, what's her name? Uh, Bonnie War is an Australian uh, uh, nurse. She was a palliative care nurse. Okay. Um, so she wrote a book called The, 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 the Top Five Regrets of the Dying. So basically, she journaled when she was looking after people on, on you know, death row. She was uh, on death door. She, um, she was uh, journaling their, their experiences and you know, asking them questions and interviewing them. And basically, she compiled all her data and came back to, um, you know, the top five regrets. Fascinating. I remember the, the number one regret, you know, I'll never forget reading this, was, you know, I wish I had to have done what I wanted to do, not what I thought other people thought I should do. And, um, you know, I, that just resonates with me. And I think, I think that's what we should all strive for. Um, you know, who gives a damn what what everyone thinks you should do just just focus on on discovering what you want to do and what you're interested in and that's very challenging um life's tough like a lot of stuff's hard you know it's not like i think there's a it's easy to get confused with your passion and 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 also something you're interested in um like with what i'm doing at the moment starting one getting one going and you know it's very hard like it's challenging and i i i, I graft away all day i'm raising money and i'm building software and I'm making mistakes and mm. I'm talking to lawyers and, you know, drafting documents and stuff I've never done before and um, talking to accountants and getting it all sorted and selling and hiring people and whatnot. And, um, and it's, it's, it's hard work to graph, but, um, but I think there's a net benefit there and it's, it's, it's still, I'm still willing to get up in the morning and, you know, learn about it. And it keeps me up at night. And gets me up in the morning. You know, I'm fast, still fascinated with mentoring and mm. and software. So um, I think you know, going towards what you're interested in is more important than doing what you're passionate about. If, if listening to your story and and you talk about the pressures of agriculture and stuff, I, I you couldn't be more of a just an exact example. Family farm, only boy, goes to yeah, you know, goes up north, goes to university, and then. Like if if you if your story had changed and you take the bride home and, and start working on the family farm, like that wouldn't have just you know what I mean that, that's such a like there's a lot of people who go down that path um, and that's what people want to yep. do. How did you get to that point where you decided you you're saying you're at Marcus and you decided oh right agriculture is not where I want to be? Yeah, I mean it's um it's a pretty interesting one, isn't it? Like yeah, like like you say, I was I'm pretty much you know like bread and butter, um you know. Uh, your your cliche, you know, mm. Australian country kid. You know, grew up in on a sheep and cattle farm in Queensland. You know, fourth generation farmer uh, or longer. You know, my ancestors were sheep farmers in in Dorset, and uh, you know, um, now we're in Queensland. And you know, my father's father and father's father was a bushman, and and it's uh, yeah, it's in our blood on both sides. So it was, from, and then you know, go to boarding school and then go to study agribusiness at, at ag college it, it was um it was like you know there was one destiny and yeah. then to sort of say that at 24 to go no hang on i actually don't want to do this um yeah it was it was an interesting time you know t- talking to my grandmother about it uh, um 
bless her soul, she passed away last year. She was 97. And, you know, she was always just adamant that I was going to go back to the bush and, mm. and ride horses around and whatnot. And I think, you know, by the time I got to Sydney, I, I think she just she just switched off <laughs> with what I was up to. I don't think she quite got her head around the uh, the whole tech space that I was getting into, but um, I'm sure deep down she was. But um, yeah. yeah, to get to that point at uni, um, I don't know, mate. I um, I just when I was at Marcus studying and I was learning about reading a balance sheet and a profit and loss statement and how to do a discounted cash flow and understand the return on investment. I think I just started looking into other industries and and you know, technology and and e-commerce and, and just realizing that there was just other stuff going on. I think um, my personality is just more suited for, for, for business in the city, in town, you know, mm. um, I, I like being around people a lot all the time. And I like the energy and the buzz. Uh, a lot of country people don't like the big city, but I actually love the, you know, the coffee and the fumes and the hustle and bustle. Um, so it probably gets back to my personality as well. Um, I used to actually get a bit lonely out in the bush, you know, working a lot of, a lot of your works you do on your own. And um, although it's very nice to have that peace and serenity, it wasn't for me. I, I, um, I wanted to get on the phone and talk to people and get on social media and, you know, all that jazz. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and obviously probably, you know, by default, um, not having a father that was overlooking my shoulder was was a diff, created a different scenario for me as well. You know, obviously it would have been great to have my father still here with me, but the fact he wasn't sort of gave me, you know, open slather, blank yep. canvas. Um, you know, I could sort of just go and do whatever I wanted, and I didn't have to report into my old man and you know, oh, where are you? What are you doing? You know, can you come home and yeah, you know, yeah. brand these calves or you know, <laughs> I mean, my mum was sort of on my case for a bit, but not really. She was she was fantastic. She. She gave me a lot of freedom um, to go and do what I wanted and she encouraged me to pursue what I've wanted to do. Um, yep. uh, a bit frustrating for her sometimes, a lot of times, but um, yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting experience. Do, do you find it hard to um, balance your, your, your work and your, your life? And I'd imagine running your own company, it's, it's very extremely blurred um, at, at times. Did you find that hard to, to, to find that balance or do you have any tips and techniques for that? Yeah, it is pretty hard, I guess. I mean, I'm right in the thick of it, so I'm, uh, it's sort of all happening now. But um, uh, I don't know. Ever each to their own, you know, mate. Like, um, I want to sort of. I'm sort of always conscious of not trying to, you know, um, lecture birds how to fly, or you know, try and tell someone what to do because I think it's it, we all got to run our own race and work out what's good for us. But for me personally, um, you know, I probably don't really believe in balance. I've sort of more believe in a bit of harmony, you know, like I'm more, I'm, I'm happy now to just put the blinkers on and, and put my head down and go for it and just put everything into it and be obsessed with it um, to, to get it off the ground and get it going as opposed to trying to, you know, balance it out and, you know, go and play tennis twice a week and, and you know, um, you know a bit, of, player, bit of this here and there. Nothing against tennis, mate. <laughs> just, uh, just gotta, gotta get the, get the, um, get the business cranking first before we, oh, that's before right. we have a, a game tennis. So, that's right. That's so, right. anyway, no tips there. Really, that's just my personal experience. Yeah, yeah. happy yeah. to be obsessed. Yeah, right on, right on. 
and I guess that's that's part of it. And I guess that's um, from from you know our listeners' perspective who are in that agricultural um, in in ag. That's what a lot of people outside of ag don't don't see, it, like don't understand as well. Like when you're obsessed with ag, that's what you want to do all the time. It's just, it's just a different industry. If if you if you're doing it in any, any other industry, it's still the same same passion for for what you're doing, which is why your your work life balance may not look, uh, I guess, in some people's eyes, healthy. But if it's it's yep. I guess it's a bit different when you when you're passionate about something. For sure, no, exactly. I, I, I admire people that are obsessed and they're so passionate about what they do, and whether it's farming or whatever, and they're just always doing it. That's great. It's fantastic. But yeah, obviously, you know, you got to look after your health and. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you don't burn out and yes. spend time with other people. It's very important. Like this, if there's small tips, it's like you know, socialize, talk yep. to people, you know, exercise, um, get out and about. Yeah, switch off, go and have a holiday somewhere, go somewhere different, change your environment. Yeah, for sure. So it's, that's challenging in the bush. I know. I've, you know, I've sort of spent some time there, so I know that that can get hard because you're always on farm. Your, your business is your home. Your home is your business. So um, I take my hat off to farmers for, for managing that because it, it, could, it must be challenging. Yeah, um, I, I want to chat more about, about Wonder. So if I'm, I'm a young, you know, 25-year-old working in the city doing a bit of ag business, something, or I'm, you know, on farm, I'm, you know, out um, managing a property, or not managing a property, but, you know, working on the family farm, that sort of thing. How, how do I get involved with, with Wonder if I'm sort of, you know, just on the outside looking in or, you know, listen, listen to – you spend a bit of knowledge on on the podcast. How, how does someone get involved? Well, mate, if you're a young farmer, you just get on the phone and you ring um, you ring uh, the Future Farmers Network <laughs> and you tell them to subscribe to Wonder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, um, no, mate. So basically, um, uh, if you're a young farmer uh, and you're looking to find a mentor, or you want to get involved with Wonder, or you want to jump on the Wonder app on the platform. Yeah. Um, Obviously, at this stage, we're sort of just um, connecting school and university alumni and communities and also, you know, non-for-profits and also um, small organisations. So, um, yeah, ultimately, if, you, if you're part of a, a group, a, a rugby club or a, a, you've got a school alumni or, or a university alumni or your, you know, local association or whatever, then... Um, uh, yeah, get in touch with us and and um, give us a call and and maybe we can set up a uh, a wonder mentoring network for you for your community so yeah. that we can tap you in there and you can download the app and get access to your own private network. Yeah. So basically, um, sorry, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, you give us a bit of an example of what that has looked like for for you in the past with a yeah with a couple of different um, communities or networks. Yep. So um, so the basis the the basic. The setup of Wonder is it's a private and secure network with your community. So you you log in, you download the app, yep. you log into that network, and then you've got access to everyone who's in your community, your alumni or your your association or whatever. You might have two hundred people in that, or you might have two thousand. Yep. Uh, um, there's no advertising on the platform, so mm. that's something that we're you know very clear about. So it's a subscription-based model. So your school or your university pays an annual subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you get in there, you you can search the whole network for a mentor. So you can uh, you set up a profile very similar to like a LinkedIn profile, um, and then you can search the network. So I can go, okay, I want to 
look for everyone from my university who or college who is in finance in Sydney or who is in marketing in Melbourne um, or everyone who's in agriculture or ag tech. Um, and then your, that the apple populates everyone in that, in that industry or sector. And then you've got the ability to have a look at their profile and then you can send them a message, reach out to them and, and say, hey, you know, um, love what you're doing. Um, would, would be really keen to have a chat to you about, um, you know, the, the venture capital industry or the, you know, the marketing um, space. And, um, you know, you, you're free to talk. And, and then obviously the mentor can come back and catch up with you on the phone. Or if you live close by, you can go and grab a coffee or, or whatever that might be. So, you know, we're really conscious of encouraging people to catch up face to face. We want to create um, you know, uh, meaningful relationships. We want to create wonder as a brand, as a, as a way of life, not just an app. So we just, we want to encourage good health and good mental health. Um, and that means, you know, catching up with people in, in the, in person, that's still very important regardless of the technology we have. So getting back to the app, there's, um, there's three other sections. There's obviously a news feed, which we're all familiar of where, um, your community or, or, um, alumni can share news, and feedback there's the networks that you can search then there's an, uh, a jobs section for jobs and internships um, if, if people are employing wanting to look for people who employ they can post jobs on there where people can um, apply directly yep um, which is which is a really powerful tool that we're seeing get to work at the moment and then there's an event section so um you know four basic um tools uh in addition to that there's obviously messages as well so you can they can be sending people direct messages. Um, so yeah, basically a pretty easy to use, user-friendly app to connect you with your mentoring community. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, if anyone wants to get involved, I think um, the best thing to do is, is to get your, uh, your existing communities on board with us and yeah. you know, we, can, um, we can set it up. Awesome, awesome. Right. So yeah, from 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 my perspective, like I know my, my high school was a very uh, a very agricultural high school, and, and and now and we've got this old boy old boys network, but it, it's sort of like it's it's never really um, you, you see there's an event will pull up here, and then you sort of hear from someone over a different you know might be on Facebook, but then someone will shoot you an email. It, it isn't um, I guess as clean as, as what you've um, sort of as what Wonder would, would make it. So I guess that's that's right in that, that wheelhouse of, of the people that you would like to um, target and that sort of thing. I guess people are pretty yep. um, concerned, not concerned, but they, um, you know, they, they want to make sure that, that what they're subscribing to and where they where everything's going is, um, you know, and, and what the platform is, what, what, it's, what it's using with, with your sort of um, information and stuff that you're starting to put up as, as you get these platforms. Have you had that sort of a hurdle or a challenge or, or people sort of push back that, in, you know, on, onto you as a business? Um, yes and no. Um, obviously, um, it's pretty, people can work out pretty quickly what our intentions are. So they realise yeah. that we don't have advertising on the platform yeah. and we realise that our revenue model is not, attached to advertising it's it's attached to annual subscription from the the institution uh, and then also on our um privacy policy and, and terms on the apple store the app store um it's clear that we we collect user data only for our own use we don't you know on sell it so um that's that's pretty straightforward and clear um in, obviously everyone's watched the social dilemma there's a lot of um 
conversation going about around antitrust and, and user data with Facebook and other social medias. Yep. Um, but yeah, the thing to realize is, is that things like Facebook is their issue is that their revenue model is all about advertising. So yeah. it's so important for them to get eyeballs on the platform and keep you there. So they actually have algorithms to keep you yeah. addicted to the, to the, to the app. And uh, they want, it's just like one giant digital billboard. So yes. um, yeah, look, we're, we're steering away from that. We don't do that. That's why we've put these measures in place. And um, we want to encourage people, like I said before, to get off the app and, you know, go on there, um, access a network, um, get in touch with someone, whether it's your old boys community from school, get in touch with a mentor and then go and catch up with them. Go and have a beer with them, go and have a coffee with them, um, you know, make it part of your everyday life. And, and that, that makes it so much more um you know, just makes that experience so much better for, for both involved. But I've even found uh, now that everyone's so comfortable using Zoom and FaceTime and things like that, like if you are, someone's in Brisbane, someone's in Melbourne or Sydney or whatever it looks like, that's still even just that, you know, that next step, it, it, it makes so much of a, makes the experience so much better to be able to see someone and, and, and understand, you know, what you're, because uh, you, you don't pick up on those nuances and stuff when you're, when you're just messaging, you know, sending a direct oh, message, right? I'm- hundred percent. Like, you know, you did right. Like, I mean, in saying that um, it's, it's working really well online now mm. anyway, because everyone's familiar with zoom and, and using it. So yeah, you know, we've uh, this, this um, old boys network that I've connected in Brisbane, um, you know, we've got guys in Hong Kong and New York and London that yeah. I'm connecting young graduates up with and, and they're loving it. You know, this, this young kids studying commerce at university of Queensland and, I've, you know, I've put him in touch with a, um, a guy who's a, you know, he's a banker for JP Morgan in Hong Kong. And, you know, they're on a zoom call on, on Saturday and, you know, discussing everything and, and, um, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're not geographically, um, isolated now. So, um, you know, it goes both ways. We just, you know, we just want to make sure that everyone is also encouraged to, try and meet up with people in their own town or city. You know, we just want to make it clear that um, we are humans. We're social creatures. We do need to physically interact as well. So, yeah. 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 Mate, a couple of quick rapid fire questions because I know you've got uh, probably 9.30 yoga to jump off to. Um, right. <laughs> what, what is any, any, anything you'd recommend, any podcasts, reading material, that sort of stuff that, you, that you'd recommend, um, you know, that, that, that you've, enjoyed or, or have, have taken a bit of value out of you've touched on a few different books already but anything else you'd add to that list yeah for sure um yeah there's a lot of great stuff out there really good um you know important to find what resonates with you but um i i'm usually a pretty big fan of autobiographies or yep. biographies real stories i like hearing about the how they did it in their journey um yeah look okay podcast is a really great podcast called how i built this by Guy Raz. He's an American guy, interviews tech founders or company founders, um, you know, all the big tech companies and, and also other really interesting companies. Um, probably one of my favorites is when he uh, interviews Curb Kelleher, the founder of Southwest Airlines. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is there? There's obviously Joe Rogan's great. Um, conversations with google that's another awesome one uh i listened to their one the other day when they interviewed her um yuval harari who wrote sapiens fascinating podcast um i listened to the audio book five years ago probably it was it, it, it had a big impact on me it was um 
the biography about Jeff Bezos starting Amazon. It's called yeah. the um, Everything Store. Fascinating um, story and journey. Um, well, the, the probably the probably the best book I've ever read is a book called um, "When I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead." It's about a guy called Jerry Weintraub. It's actually a biography. Um, he was Elvis Presley's manager and also Frank Sinatra's manager. And um, then he went on to produce the uh, Oceans movies. Yeah, right. Fascinating bloke. Uh, great combination of sales, business, and entertainment. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, mate, that's probably my uh, top ones there. And I, I also, I used to watch a lot of Ty Lopez on YouTube. He, uh, he used to have a thing called a book a day. He used to review a book a day. So, um, mate, YouTube's an amazing platform. I, I reckon I've learned more from YouTube than anything else. Be yeah, I've tried watching interviews and yeah, yeah, you can get lost. I've tried to learn the guitar on it, but I uh, don't get any better. But, <laughs> anyway, um, mate, what's your most underrated value that you come across or, or you feel um, in your daily life? Yeah, okay, uh, interesting one. Um, most underrated thing that we're not utilizing is basically, I reckon, picking up the phone and just calling someone or a yeah like a, whether that's like a mentor or a business owner or, or someone we find interesting or look up to, I think just literally picking up the phone and calling them and, and, and having a chat with them or trying to set up a, a, a meeting or a catch up uh, or, or mm. sending them a, a message on Facebook or sending them an email. Yep. 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 Right. I mate. my, my probably my favorite question and, and after knowing you for a bit, I've got, you know, someone in mind, but who, who would play you in a, in a movie? <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, something I think about often, you know, in 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 my um, morning Bondi <laughs> yoga classes. Um, who would it be? I guess it'd have to be sort of. It'd either be between. Um, it'd either be between uh, uh, Ryan Gosling um, oh. and I guess um, Christian Bale. I probably don't look like Christian Bale much, but I'm a big fan of Christian Bale, so. You know, either either one of those two. He is good. He's good. Those Batman movies, they're, yes. they're bloody good. Yeah, they are Batman. Yeah, very good. Bloody Mate, I really appreciate appreciate your time um, this morning. Uh, it's it's good, you know, and and hearing the the sounds of uh, of Sydney, it's it, it's good to, to hear all that. A few, a few birds running around, a few crazy people on the bikes and the and the uh, cows honking the horns. <laughs> Um, mate, thank you very much for being on the FFN podcast. Um, and yeah, we everyone jump on Wonder. It's an amazing thing. I've I've had a crack at it. It's it's a very very tight platform. Um, I, I wouldn't like to know what how much time of your your blood, sweat, and tears have gone into that because um, it, it is amazing. But uh, Rue, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah, no worries, Tommy. Thanks so much for having me, mate. And um, yeah, I'd just like to say in closing that um, you know I'm I'm really excited about where Australian agriculture is right now. And I think it's got a huge future and, it, and it's exciting to see so many young people in there like yourself making a positive difference. And, um, you know, so much is happening now. And um, yeah, I think, uh, I think the next 50 years in Aussie Ag is gonna be really exciting. And, and I take my hat off to everyone who's, who's out there on the farms working hard, good on you and, um, and keep going. Awesome, thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out Propagate by the Young Farmer Business Program. Recorded in locations across New South Wales, it explores the business of primary production and the people who make it happen.